Welcome to St. James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast is an edited recording from our Sunday morning service held on September 24th, 2023. For news and information, and to find out how to join us, please visit www.stjamesleith.org.uk. see you all, uh, especially this morning, we seem to have lots and lots of visitors, so uh, any visitors present here or online, it's really lovely to, to see you uh, and welcome you here. Uh, it's the fourth week of creation time, uh, which is set aside really to look at uh, um, our relationship to nature and the environment. So later on, we've got a reflection from Jonathan Baxter, who's residency at the cathedral with art and ecology. So we look forward to hearing uh, what Jonathan's been up to, uh, up the hill, as it were, um, later on in the service. So we usually start our service uh, with a moment's quiet where we just prepare ourselves to worship God. We light a candle. Um, Hugh, would you mind lighting the candle at at the appropriate time? And we invite those at home to light their candles, and it links what's going on in church with all the little churches that are going on in everybody's home. So let's just start our service with a moment's quiet to prepare our hearts and minds to worship God. Let us pray. With nature in its power and beauty, with rain and wind and sunshine, with the ancient rocks and the budding flower, we gather and praise. With believers and seekers the whole world wide, with people in every land and speakers of every language, we gather and praise. With angels and saints in heaven, and with all who have worshipped in this place, we gather and praise. And with Jesus, who promised his presence, and the Spirit, who showers her blessings, we gather and praise. Here, let heaven and earth embrace. Here, may God's people find home. Amen. Please stand for our opening song.
failing in God's forgiveness, let us now in silence confess our failings and acknowledge our part in the pain of the world. Come home to yourselves and to one another, and may all that is unfree in you be released, and may you blossom into a future graced with love. Amen. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to the Father. reading is from Exodus chapter 16 starting at the second verse. The whole congregation of Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way, I will test them, whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him. What are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, 
they looked towards the wilderness, and the glory of, Lord, of the Lord appeared to them in a cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening, quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to is taken from Matthew chapter 20 starting at verse 1 Glory for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard after agreeing with the laborers the usual daily wage he sent them into his vineyard when he went out about nine o'clock he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and going on to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they'd receive more, 
but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last worked only one hour, and you've made them equal to us, to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. This is the gospel, good news for all. Um, I'm a bit nervous. I don't normally do homilies or reflections or talks really in this sort of way. Um, um, two things to note. I can't see you like that, but I can read from my text. But so I'm going to have to do it without really seeing you. You're a bit of a blur. Um, uh, another thing is um, I've had an um, emergency dental uh, surgery, so I'm still getting used to what my tongue is doing, so I hope I enunciate things clearly. Um, um, and the other thing is, um, in the readings we've just heard, um, when I read them, the version that I looked at, uh, grumbling rather than complaining was used in the first. So I'm going to work with grumbling. And just so, um, this is going to be quite wordy, I'm afraid, but um, just so we get a sense of, I like the word grumbling. Could we grumble a bit together? Could we just grumble? So then, <clears throat> I'm not the anyway, so grumble. So you can grumble about some of the things I'm going to say later, um, and we can do that over coffee. Right. And this, so this was a graphic from something called the Pilgrimage for COP26, um, and um, I'm going to talk not directly about that, but... Um, I'm going to speak around that sort of issue. Um, is, is that possible? And this image, um, I don't know if, well, you'll, you'll probably recognise it. We're here in the building. Um, and that's there really just to remind me that you were um, a fun-loving people and I don't need to be too nervous. Um, is there a hand up? Or is there just a hand up? Oh, it's a sort of a spirit, a spirit, spirit hand or something. Right. So I'm Jonathan. Um, I'm an artist in residence at St. Mary's Episcopal Cathedral with a remit to respond to the climate and ecological crisis. I do that through a project called A&E, which stands for Accident and Emergency, Art and Ecology, Arts and Education. My residency started in 2021 with a focus on COP26, uh, which is the last time I was here in this building. Um, and it's part, so part of a project I organised called Pilgrimage for COP26. Now, the pilgrimage for COP26, um, next slide probably, um, you may or may not be able to see this. I should also say that this is a, this cape that you can see walking at the back, someone called Natalie is wearing it, it's called um, uh, Keepers of the Soil, and this talk was meant to be about the coat of hopes and keepers of the soil, and it's not. <laughs> so, it's sort of, it's in the ballpark, but it's, um, the coat of hopes and keepers of the soil was an exhibition I, I, I curated at the cathedral this summer. And when Ian asked me to give a talk, I was in the middle of that, and I said, yes, I'll talk about this. But yesterday, when I wrote this talk, um, it led me somewhere else. So I'm going to be led uh, as, as, as I am. Um, 
So the pilgrimage of COP26 was a walk from Dunbar to Glasgow over the course of 10 days in which we, over 100 people in total, including some of you, um, sought to raise awareness of the climate and ecological crisis whilst also building a community of witness and resistance committed to climate justice now and in the wake of COP26. That's to say, whatever the outcomes of COP26, we were still going to keep on walking. Um, we can come back to what we think about those outcomes. Possibly another slide. Okay. Um, since then, I've been helping the cathedral rethink its response to the climate and ecological crisis through the lens of regenerative culture. What we mean by regenerative culture is summarized here. Regenerative cultures are unique expressions of the potential inherent in the people and places of a given bioregion, or in the case of the cathedral, a diocese. They add value and health to the nested wholeness from local to regional to global in the understanding that human thriving critically depends on healthy ecosystems and a life-supporting biosphere. Um, or to put it more simply, a regenerative culture is a culture that is consciously building the capacity of everybody in a particular place to respond and change to the challenges we face whilst accepting transformation as something that life just does. Transformation does happen whether you want it to or not. Now, I'd be happy to say more over coffee about this regenerative framework and how the cathedral is trying to model itself as a regenerative cathedral. Um, but in the context of this talk, reflection, homily, um, I want to build a bridge between the readings we've heard this morning and the way I approach my residency at St. Mary's, specifically the way I take my inspiration from the Phoebe Anatraquare mural located in the cathedral song school. Now, you can't really see it. Do, do people know that mural? Yeah. Right, so just a few, okay. So if you don't know the mural, um, I'd be happy to arrange a group visit, and I think that's definitely something we should do. Um, but in the meantime, suffice to say, the mural illustrates the Benedicite Omnia Opera, a canticle or song um, in which all of creation sings a blessing to the Lord. So not unlike our opening, um, uh, was it a hymn um, song? Um, and it does this by showing a procession of people walking to and or from the empty tomb depending on how you want to interpret um, time and the resurrection. Um, so here is the depiction of the empty tomb. Uh, here are folks walking towards or away from, or they're coming you know, from that witness. And we can talk about that later. It's a stunning artwork, and I really recommend people um, having a look at it. But basically, my residency at the cathedral takes inspiration from this work. So, but to get back to today's readings, Probably go to the next. Let's leave that there for a while. Um, in the Exodus story, we hear about a people recently liberated from <coughs> slavery in Egypt, who are now walking in the desert, living a free, subsistent lifestyle, a situation about which they continuously grumble. In Matthew's story, the scene has shifted. We're now dealing with wage laborers, a different form of slavery, perhaps. And the laborers who have been working all day are also grumbling this time because other one-hour laborers have been given equal pay. As the landowner says in this story, don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? In both stories, we're dealing with a tensional relationship between human grumbling and divine, or let's say, gifted generosity. 
a fear, not without warrant perhaps, that we don't have enough or that the system, in the latter case, the economic system, is stacked against us. Interestingly, in this last story, we also hear strains of redistributive justice, not unlike the current call for a loss and damage payment to countries facing the worst effects of climate change, but which, perhaps like the one-hour labourer, have contributed least to the situation. Whilst more could be said about this spectrum of grumbling generosity um, and where we might find ourselves on that spectrum, um, what I would have loved to do today rather than give a talk is create a spectrum exercise in which we basically position ourselves. I hear that last week you were looking at you know, hope as opposed to gloom or doom, um, but actually doing that as a spectrum exercise where we all get up and really voice where we are would be something I'd love to do another time. Whilst more can be said about this spectrum of grumbling generosity, I want to pick up on something easily missed, that both stories take place in the context of a walk, or perhaps we could say the same walk when read from a Judeo-Christian perspective. In Exodus, the Israelites are walking from Egypt to the Promised Land, a journey that takes them 40 years as it happens, with only three of the original walkers surviving. I think that's important to remember. Um, in Matthew, Jesus and his friends are walking around the Sea of Galilee on their way, more or less, perhaps with some ambiguity, some hesitation, um, to Jerusalem, where once again the journey doesn't quite go to plan. And I want to flag up that both accounts involve the act of walking, perhaps walking into mystery, uncertainty and doubt, to echo Keats. I draw attention to this walking narrative because this is also how I engage with my artist's residency at the cathedral both literally and figuratively. I ask, what would Traquair's mural look like, sound like, taste like, feel like, and smell like if we took it off the wall and lived it here and now? What is a contemporary song of creation? Would it include the pilgrimage for COP26? Yes. Or the Coat of Hopes walking into the cathedral earlier this summer? Uh, maybe next, next slide. Um, you can see the labyrinth um, now in, in flower, and the figure in front of you is wearing the coat of hopes. It's not unlike your tablecloth, really. So uh, it's a fantastic project. I could tell you about that. Um, would it include a wildflower labyrinth and a climate change justice, a climate justice reading group, for example? Or to put, put it in a wider context, how can we collectively inhabit the prophet Micah's summons to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. Humbly, to drive the point home, being the opposite of human hubris, humble as in earthy, humble as in ground. My own prejudice would say, not as a quick technological fix. Possibly another slide, not sure. We could leave it there for a while. Um, to cut to the chase then, I accept that the climate and ecological crisis is a reality. I accept that the socio-economic systems that currently govern our lives and the world views that create them are part and parcel of the problem. With that in mind, we need a radical overhaul, a personal and political revolution. Easy to say, of course. But that what that looks like is something many of us are grappling with. Old and young, ecologists, economists, anthropologists, scientists, theologians, mums and dads, it takes everyone. It also means that the Western church us, we have, have to confess, we have a lot to confess, having been deeply complicit with, perhaps even foundational to the powers that now threaten to unravel a world all alive, awake 
and aware. Indeed, the unravelling is already happening, and the alive, the awake, and the aware are either dying off or rising up. Probably another slide, perhaps. Let's see. So what can we do to reweave the world, to reimagine what it might mean to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with an ecological God, recognising in this emphasis that the word God is itself a human construct, ever in need of more faithful definition. As Terry Tempest Williams writes, slowly, this is a, if you've ever been to the chapter house in the cathedral, it may have looked like a kind of um, a stock cupboard. Uh, it's now a gallery space, so it's the first exhibition we had. This is uh, Keepers of the Soil, who um, part of the, the project that walked with pilgrimage for COP26 and met the Coat of Hopes. So the Coat of Hopes, you can just see fringe it here. They were part of the exhibition uh, programme this this summer. Um, Anyway, um, as Terry Tempest Williams writes, um, we can reweave the world anew, not from the places of fear and doubt, or your last week rhetoric, doom, um, but from the intimate spaces of belonging we have retrieved for ourselves right here. We are earth unravelling and reforming creation. We are meant to engage, not isolate. These are difficult days. What causes us to recoil, strike, and retreat is also what allows us to reach out with the anxiety of unknowing and dare to trust what is to come, a reassembling of our humanity. Next slide. From the perspective of A&E at the cathedral, this reassembling involves the ongoing development of a community garden, the rewilding of the cathedral grounds, the maintenance and care of a wildflower labyrinth. It includes workshops, film screenings, reading groups, in which plants become our teachers and walks become pilgrimages. It includes foraging walks, deep time walks, and in the context of Sunday services, hope-inspired singing, sermons, and processionals, no doubt. You do that here already. All of this as a work in progress and still not enough, albeit we're reminded not to grumble. Um, You'll you'll all know that the point of grumbling uh, in the Old Testament in particular is to get God to act. And so the question now turns to you, to us, um, both individually and collectively, where are we walking? With whom are we walking? Are we there yet, or are we still sitting comfortably? Uh, Whilst thinking about this homily, uh, I've been reading a collection of poems by Sharon Olds um, entitled Ballads. There's a Z here, it's not an S, Ballads. Um, I first read Olds in the early 90s, um, so you could say I've grown up with her. Um, I want to read these poems without additional comment, um, and I hope they speak to you. So I'm just going to end with these, these poems. If you've um, spent time reading a poet, you know, for, for most of your adult life, it's fascinating to sort of age with them and see the themes that they explore now that they didn't explore in the past. Um, climate change was not a theme uh, for Sharon Olds um, all the way through the 80s and 90s and early and noughties. Um, ballad torn apart. Now that I understand that the world as we know it, is going to end. I think of when I left my difficult lover and went to see my friend alive. 
for the last time and was driving home. And a few cars ahead of me, a car leapt straight up like a cat and turned in the air and rushed past me and slammed into the solid oak behind me, as if against the rush of time, back to when love was being invented, before we spoiled the conditions for its existence, land, fire, air, and water. It's interesting for me to ask, you know, can we walk back to or into when love was being invented. And the last poem, which is where we find ourselves today, improv. On the morning of the drive from sea level to the mountains, I asked if we could stop for melted cheese at the Mexican place in Truckee. Then I worried, does Bob think I'm a diva? Am I always asking for things? And I thought of Toy's letter and I know she is the locus of a gift, and I am too. A spiral of energy, a genie, a dust devil. I was born with it, a life force. It does not belong to me or to anyone else. I'm the container of it, the guardian. And I love to let it out towards people, nectary, nosegay, gusts of it. My mother would ask me to rub her back. She said that I had Vivian hands, like her college best friends. The palms of my hands would listen for what my mother's muscles wanted, as now. I seem to be writing, but I'm listening for what you want. It would be my joy to give it to you. There is so much joy on the earth, even as it is being disinhabited by the other animals and over-inhabited by us, as it is being knocked off course and smoked and drowned while we have food, let us share it and eat it. There is so much action required of us now, and pleasure is required of us. Oh, my darlings, so much pleasure is required of us. Thank you, Jonathan. Just have a moment's quiet while we meditate on what Jonathan said and invite Wilma to lead the prayers. The prayers today are about generosity. So when I say, Lord Jesus, who shares our life, could you respond simply, help us to be generous? Lord Jesus, who shares our life, help us to be generous. We praise you for your generosity in creation, for the earth on its foundations, clothed with the garment of the sea, for the mountains and valleys which you made green with trees and singing with streams, for your provision for all creatures. Forgive us for what we have done to mar your creation. Strengthen your love and our love for all your works and our desire to protect them. Lord Jesus, who shares our life, Help us to be generous. We thank you for your generosity in becoming poor that we might be rich, in becoming a slave that we might become children of God, 
in burying our failings in the depths of the sea. Lord Jesus, who shares our life, help us to be generous. Love is generous. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the truth. Lord Jesus, who showed us this love in action, shine in us to bring love to others. Lord Jesus, who shares our life, help us to be generous. We pray for our world. We remember all those killed or maimed in the war in Ukraine. We pray particularly for the girls and women of Afghanistan whose futures have been destroyed. We pray for all those whose homes and livelihoods have been wrecked by flood or fire or war or famine. We feel overwhelmed and we struggle to help. Show us what we can do as individuals and as a church to bring healing. Lord Jesus, who shares our life, help us to be generous. We pray for our relationship with our neighbours in Leith. And we remember in particular those in the church who are planning for the future use of our building to be a resource for those around us. Lord Jesus, who shares our life, help us to be generous. We pray for those facing loss of health, of friends, of loved ones, of security, and worst of all, loss of hope. Give us sensitivity to listen, courage to offer help, and commitment for the long haul of caring. Lord Jesus, who shares our life, help us to be generous. And finally, an old prayer of commitment. Remember, Lord, what you have wrought in us and not what we deserve. And as you have called us to your service, make us worthy of your calling. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Glory and thanksgiving be to you, God, our Creator, for the gift of your Son, born in human flesh. Christ is your holy wisdom, existing beyond time, present at creation. And through Christ you revealed yourself in the world and bring your saving work to completion. Obedient to your will, he died upon the cross, and by your power you raised him from the dead. He broke the bonds of evil and set your people free to be his body in the world. And on the night when he was given up to death, knowing that his hour had come, having loved his own, he loved them to the end. And at supper with his disciples, he took bread and offered you thanks. He broke the bread and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, broken for you. And after supper he took the cup. He offered you thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. It is poured out for you and for all. The sins may be forgiven. Do this in remembrance of me. God give you grace to be faithful stewards of creation, rejoicing that you are made in God's image and seeking justice for those who do not share in the earth's bounty and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.